The price per share of a stock tells you almost nothing. It's the price to buy one share of the stock. But how many shares does the company have outstanding? Well, in math, we multiply two multiplicands together. Remember that word from fifth grade? But the price per share, well, that's just one multiplicand. If you don't know the other one, you can't do any meaningful math or figure out much of the world around you. Fools with a capital F know that you need to know the shares outstanding and then multiply that by the price per share. And now you know the actual full value of the company. It's full price tag. It's market capitalization, market cap. Well, to teach this lesson inexorably and unforgettably, we invented a game. That's what I do. The date was August 9th, 2017. The market cap game show was born. We've been playing every quarter since. Oh, and you're playing too. I designed it that way so you can play along against my guest stars, against your spouse or partner, against your kids. Can you outscore my talented contestants this week? Well, it's that time of the quarter again. Ten new stocks, three guest stars, Bill Mann, Jim Mueller, and you. Only on this week's Rule Breaker Investing. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. Before we start, I want to say just two things. The first is, next week is mailbag. Our email address is rbi at fool.com. As you know, it's been AI month on the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast, beginning with my first week of June interview with the redoubtable Mahan Tavakoli. Any thoughts about that podcast or reactions to our Review of Palooza episode last week or today's Market Cap Game Show? Of course, all are welcomed. The mailbag Email address is rbi at fool.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can also tweet us at RBI Podcast, and we hope you'll subscribe to this podcast, of course, and listen in each and every week. That was the first thing. The second is that the week after next week here in the U.S. is, of course, Independence Day. It's the week of July 4th. And for that podcast, I'm asking you this question. And I'd love your replies. I'm hoping to get a bunch of replies. Otherwise, it'll be, it'll be a short podcast. So here is the prompt in keeping with Independence Day week. What did you do in the past year to create more financial freedom for yourself or for others? And how do you measure that? Again, what did you do in the past year to create more financial freedom for yourself or for others? And how do you measure that? That's going to drive the podcast two weeks from today, of course, the week of freedom in this country, a week, I'll say, also of financial freedom for this podcast, rbi at fool.com. And for those submissions, maybe put in your subject line, financial freedom week or something along those lines. So we put it in the right bucket. Okay. The Market Cap Game Show. New listeners, we're all guessing here at the market capitalization or market cap, the value of 10 different companies featured this week. As I mentioned at the top, you are playing right along with us. You can easily score yourself as we go. Each of my celebrity guests will give his best guess at the range of that company's market cap. And all you have to do is either agree that the market cap is inside that range or disagree. And you'll be giving yourself a plus one if you get it right. So, 10 companies, therefore a potential perfect score of 10. Again, if you're new to our game show, listen and play along. You'll get it. Jim Mueller is the advisor for options 
for Energy Insider and for Future of Entertainment, as well as a host on the morning show, usually appearing on Friday mornings. Bill Mann is the director of small cap research here at The Fool and is the lead advisor for Motley Fool Firecrackers and our global partners services. And Bill, you didn't include in your one line bio that you play a lot on the morning show, but you play a lot on the morning I show. Play a lot of, I play a lot. I should have cheated off of Jim's paper, and I think that's going to be a theme <laughs> for this show. Yes. I'm on the morning show from Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 9 to 10 Eastern. What Wonderful. Are- I've enjoyed you both so many hours on Motley Fool Live. Thank you both. And without further ado, gentlemen, let's get started. Bill Mann, who are some of the greatest still living old school entrepreneur founders not named Buffett? Oh, so uh, I think maybe my favorite founder entrepreneur is a Canadian man named Mark Leonard, who's the CEO of a company called Constellation Software. And you can't go out and buy a Constellation Software package because they go out and buy a bunch of smaller, uh, what are called vertical software companies. And they're just fantastic at it. And it's, he's one of those guys who, you know, I look forward every, every time you get some writing or, you know, a, a speech from him, which is really, really rare. Yeah. And just a really great entrepreneur. Wonderful. Uh, Bill, because Constellation Software is not the stock, I'm going to start leading you in the direction of this stock. Did, did Mark Leonard write up his whole idea for Constellation Software iconically in, a paper turned in at university? No, uh, he was not like maybe some of the people who we might expect to either at Princeton University or <laughs> others. Am I guessing well? You're, you're getting really close. Jack Bogle famously did so for index funds, the concept of the index fund for his Princeton senior thesis. That's right. Fred Smith. Wharton. I'd forgotten that. Fred Smith, the founder of FedEx, and I assume this is true. This is not just the stuff of legend, which if you look it up, legendary, one of the definitions is of dubious authenticity, (laughs) which is my favorite definition of legendary. Anyway, this may or may not be legendarily accurate, but that's how I think of it anyway. Bill, and FedEx is a company that we've all gotten to know pretty much. If you've been on this planet for 10 years or more, you probably recognize, especially in the United States, the brand and the company, but it's global. Yeah. And Bill, before I ask you your market cap range for FedEx, one of our themes this month on the podcast is artificial intelligence. So for this company, Bill and Jim, or for any others, if you briefly want to state what you think artificial intelligence means to that company or not, you are invited but not required to do so. I think the most important thing for a company like FedEx for artificial intelligence would come in the form of optimizing its logistics in the back office. So, for example, it may be the case that a package going from Passaic, New Jersey to Wichita, Kansas, based on the full capacity of the company, may need to go through Omaha or it may need to go through Jacksonville, Florida, that type of making sure that the that things get there in their totality as quickly as possible is something that I think can be done artificially. Well said. And I, I assume it's already kind of happening, right? Under the hood for 
Maybe. One would hope. Yeah, I mean, logistics. All right, but more importantly, Bill Mann, what is your stated market cap range for FedEx company, the ticker symbol, of course, FDX? On the low side, I'm going to say it is a $45 billion market cap. And on the high side, I'm going to say it is a $105 billion market cap. So, a wide range, Jim Mueller and players at home. Bill has just opened up the possibility that FedEx would have a market cap somewhere from $45 billion to $105 billion. So, especially new players at home, now is the time that in your mind or out loud, you say agree or disagree. And his fellow contestant here in the studio, Jim Mueller, you're about to model that good behavior for our listeners. Jim, inside that range, do you agree or outside Bill's range? I'll agree. Correct. And therefore, even though Bill made a great call, this is Bill's first time playing the Market Cap Game Show. He probably feels like he's winning. But ironically, <laughs> you gave a really wide range. Jim took advantage of that he gets the plus one, Woo-hoo. even though I think you brought most of the savvy, Bill. How are we playing this again? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make sure Jim was doing great. Well, that is one continue. way of playing the game. Okay. All right, I'm going to play better from now. No more fun, Jim. <laughs> so the market cap as of Tuesday afternoon trading on the New York Stock Exchange, Tuesday, June 20th, is 59.43. We take it out to two decimals, billion dollars. So solidly, Bill, within your range. I just wanted to be right. And you kind of were. <laughs> by, by many measures, Dude. you kind of nailed it. Just not by this one. Okay, Jim won. Bill, nothing. Jim, let me turn to you now for stock number two. What is one of the worst made-up corporate names in the world today, or or even indeed, Jim, in all of in all of history? Manufactured by some overpaid branding firm, or maybe really bad spelling. Oh. Uh, what did Coach turn itself into? Rename itself as? Tapestry, but Tap- they spelled it right. What does tapestry have to do, which is a fabric, have to do with <laughs> It's handbags. a little bit of a misdirect, yeah. I agree. Although I think Bill's giving them points for spelling it properly, which I do think deserves points. Yeah. Are you a Truist fan? Oh, the bank? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that 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 one that one makes no sense. I'll, I'll, yeah. Right, so you're not a fan of the name Truist. No. I, I was driving past another financial company. Is it... Truliant? <laughs> That's worse. Truliant? This is in North Carolina. I assume it's regional. I think That's, it's maybe savings loan or something like that. Truliant? I so think they reliant, should rename, but true. like First National Bank should just be Frank. <laughs> let's, just, let's just get on with it. How about, how about uh, Fifth Third? If we're, if we're going banks, there's Fifth Third. Yeah, there's some history there where I can... You're right. It's a I, little strange. It's a, it's a little strange, but yeah. you're right. There is yeah. some history that... There's also history to Carl's Jr., which I've always thought is kind of a ridiculous name. Uh But Carl's Jr., is there's some history there that explains the name. You can Wikipedia it. So I don't know if Market Access spelled A-X-E-S-S holdings. I don't know if Market Access makes the top five worst corporate names or spellings of all time. But for me, it would probably be top 20 Market access holdings, the ticker symbol is a little bit easier to scan than the corporate name, MKTX. But market access, guys, all one word, camel case. That means that middle A is capital, but 
A-X-E-S-S, Market Access Holdings, the international financial technology company operating an electronic trading platform for the institutional credit markets. Jim, before I ask you your market cap range, have you ever looked at this company? Not in several years, no. That makes the market cap game show much more fun. <laughs> Bill, have you ever looked at this company? Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, they actually are pro- they are seeking to be a centralized way for people and uh, primarily institutions to trade bonds, which are done in a very pencil and paper way with people getting on the phones and selling individual bonds back and forth. And so they're trying to they're seeking to be a platform to do it in a central way. I think. Bill knows a little bit more about this one I than we so. do, Jim. But <laughs> I feel like I'm terrible at this game. I keep giving away that I know things. I should just keep going. Uh, how do you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jim Mueller, your best shot at the market cap range for Market Access Holdings, which did have its name written that way from the very start. Richard McVeigh, the founder, 2000 was the year this company was founded. Ticker symbol MKTX. I'm going to say 25 to 50 bill, billion. 25 to 50 bill. I thought he was talking to you, but he, he was talking about Bill Young. 25 to 50 bill, man. Billion. billion. Uh, I'm going to say it is outside of that range. Correct. Oh. Well done, Bill. And because the market cap for market access holdings is $10.56 billion, so... Jim, it feels to me like this stock might be one you want to add to your watch list. Anytime somebody has this idea that something's much bigger than it really is, you would have an opportunity right now to buy this company for less than half what you thought it was worth. It's on sale. I was just wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to call this the Jim and the Jim Trinsic value. (laughs) (laughs) All right, market access holdings. Uh, $10.5 billion, uh, uh, less than a fifth FedEx, which kind of makes sense because FedEx is a much bigger deal and it's been around a much longer time. Well, Bill won, Jim won, keeps things spicy. Let's move on to company number three. Oh, it is our, well, we, we that's our throwdown. I think that's the rule we've introduced. I think that's what I've been calling it. It's kind of like a daily double, but you guys will remember this. Regular listeners will remember, but for people who are new, two of the 10 stocks randomly have a slightly different mini game. And here's how it works, Bill and Jim. I'm going to give you the company, and you're each going to write down your best guess at the market cap range for this stock. Whoever has a tighter correct range will win. If one of you is right, the other isn't, he will win. If neither of you gets it, whoever got closer to the actual market cap will win. So so there's for, definitely a winner, even if we're both wrong. That's right. Okay. My kind of game. Yes. Bill, when was the last time you were in a Walmart? Probably three weeks ago, actually. There's a Walmart near our house. What did you pick up? You're going to laugh. You don't have to reveal it. Oh. Walmart has the best barbecue sauce in this entire area. I'm not making this up. A certain flavor or just, is it private label? It's private label Walmart barbecue sauce. Awesome. I didn't know that. Thank you. That's why we do this show. Jim, when was the last time you were in a Walmart? I can't remember. It's been a while. It's been a while. 
On last quarter's show, Jim, you revealed your dislike for Airbnb, specifically maybe more your wife's dislike for Airbnb. So which have you been to more recently, an Airbnb or a Walmart? (laughs) I've never been to an Airbnb. I have been to a Walmart. All right, we'll go with that. Well, guys, you've probably guessed that Walmart is stock number three. So I see you with your pens ready, poised over your pieces of paper. Don't look over Bill's shoulder, Jim. All right. So while Jim and Bill are writing down their market caps, you, dear listener, can do exactly the same thing. Whether you want to write it down or keep it in your head, you too are playing right along with us by the very same rules. Now, the way to think about this mini game is you want to be as tight as you can, because if you can get it right, you want to be narrower than anybody else in order to win this round. Guys, pens down. Looks like you're ready. I'll turn to you first. Bill, what do you show? I show a range of $430 billion to $560 billion. 430 to 560 Jim Mueller. Pretty wide range, but it's, it's completely different than mine. Uh, $250 to $300 billion. All right, $250 to $300 billion. And listener at home, you have now listed your range The market cap for Walmart as of Tuesday afternoon, June 20th, is $424.74 billion. And therefore, guys, you both blew it. But, (laughs) man, Bill, you were close with your lower range of 430. So give yourself a point. Bill 2, Jim 1, and playing at home, if you had Walmart in your range, give yourself a point. Um it's it's remarkable to me, guys. I was looking at Walmart over the last 10 years. It is an underperformer. Yeah. The market's up 175%. The S&P 500 last 10 years. Walmart, about 100%. I'm not sure there have been many periods that long in history where Walmart has been that kind of an underperformer. And yet staggeringly profitable the entire time. Yeah. And by no means a small company, about a half a trill. Yeah. Although it's remarkable, again, to think about Amazon uh, being much larger today when it started from nothing in the late 1990s. So I th- these are all these are all the big dogs. These I mean, we're talking numbers. about the dinosaur. This is sort of a dinosaur of the American markets. Uh, thinking about market history where so many of the Dow Jones Industrials, Bill and Jim, turn over, the S&P 500 constantly changing, Walmart has been a steadfast behemoth stock in American business. Well, let's move on. I think there are more interesting companies. You know, what I do is I randomize from the full 500 to pick these stocks from one quarter to the next. We cover hundreds of stocks here at The Motley Fool. We have them ranked in an internal system by which ones we think are most likely to beat the market. We share those with members. That's a great reason to join Motley Fool Services. And I just look at the top 500 and randomize a number each time and pick that stock. So that's why Walmart was included. Okay. Bill 2. Jim won. On to stock number four. And randomly, guys, this is another throwdown. So this is our second and final throwdown on this quarter's episode. And I'm going to ask you each to think about what is the strangest or wackiest investment that you've ever made? Maybe some really weird derivative, maybe something people couldn't invest in anymore. I'm going to turn to you on this one first, Bill, because I feel like your portfolio has been full of these kinds of things over the years. Yeah. Uh, in the mid-90s, I was invested in a Siberian engine manufacturer. 
That counts. That's certainly much wackier than any stock I've ever had. I might as well just go home. <laughs> How did it work for you? Um, better than you might expect, but worse than maybe it should have. We bought it at a price to asset basis of about 0 0.05, which means that for every dollar of actual assets it has, we paid a nickel. And we sold it for maybe 17 cents on the dollar. So not great. Who was who we? A uh, couple of... Uh, you and Putin? <laughs> <laughs> Me and a couple of other uh, people who were deceived into thinking that we would do well investing in Russia. All right. Jim, sounds like you can't outwhack that. Have you ever made, I don't know, baseball cards? No. And I never got into trading cards or comics or anything like that. I think my, certainly my most speculative investment was uh, synthetic long on, uh, which, which is an option strategy that mimics share ownership without actually owning shares on Virgin Galactic, uh, which is still around and might be actually going to start doing business. We'll see. Richard Branson's space vehicle, pun not intended, <laughs> SPCE. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, CME Group is the world's largest operator of financial derivatives exchanges and uh, a stock I have picked for Motley Fool Stock Advisor in the past. And that is stock number four. And we are, again, listeners and players, we're in a throwdown round here. So get out your pens and pencils and think about your best range for CME Group, ticker symbol as you'd kind of expect, CME. Doing a lot of exchanges here. Randomly. Randomly. I love it. The Motley Fool loves exchange platforms, apparently. CME, uh, an acronym for the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. This stock is a market outperformer. It's just about tripled over the last 10 years. Let me turn to you, Jim. What is your market cap range for CME Group? 10 to 40 billion. 10 to 40 billion. And Bill, what did you write down? 34 billion to 66 billion. 34 to 66. And players at home, Scouts have, Honor. We have some overlap on this one. Yeah. It's true. It makes it a little bit more interesting. And listeners at home, Scouts Honor, you've got your range as well. Here is the market cap for CME Group 65.55 billion. Bill, the top of your range was 66. And so, yeah. Point to you, sir. You just swept the throwdowns, stocks three and four. Bill, you kind of a Cheshire Cat grin for me right now. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks the last time I was playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> Scoring terribly. Uh, so, listeners at home, if you had an even tighter range than Bill's, Bill, your range was 34 to 66. Therefore, it was $32 billion wide. Yep. Listeners at home, if that market cap was inside yours and you didn't have... A gigantic $32 billion range. Give yourself a point. Guys, let's move on to stock number five. Bill, man, for you, do you, can you think of any really successful mega mergers? Thinking back on the mega mergers, recent or historic, that really worked well. No. And that you're having to think that hard suggests these aren't often great outcomes 
Mergers of equals? No, it, it has rarely been the case. Maybe some of the defense contractors, you know, ones where you've got a single or very few customers, but that might be, that might be the extent of it. Jim, can you think of any? Not a mega. There's there's several companies that do pretty good at uh, nibbling or, or vacuuming up smaller competitors. Uh, I'm thinking of Cisco, the food services giant. Yeah, and I really should have, I guess, specified more like merger of equals. Bill, I'm glad you made that um, comment because, yeah, yeah, there are all kinds of successful acquisitions all the time. When, when you have something really big, buying something really small, it might even not be clear whether it succeeded or not. It's just so small, it may not really matter. But this particular announcement um, within the last year has mattered and is getting some um, scrutiny from the government in terms of whether CGEN will be allowed to be bought by Pfizer. CGEN, the former Seattle Genetics. Oh, that one. This deal, yep. Is it all coming back to you, Jim? This deal announced earlier this year. The stock, as you might imagine, jumped up at the time. But how much it jumped, well, I won't say. But I will turn to you, Bill, and ask, what is the market cap for CGEN? Seattle Genetics decided to simplify its name and just make it CGEN. Uh, ticker symbol S-G-E-N. I need to know who was confused by Seattle genetics. That doesn't seem like <laughs> a hard thing. <laughs> See, when, when he first said it, C-Gen, I was thinking capital C. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I just think of like C-container companies. That's right. Like, yeah. I mean, C-Gen, it's, it's all one word and small g. It's just S-E-A-G-E-N. It's a shipping company. Well, if you go, Come on. If you keep Seattle, then it should be Seagen. Yeah, right. you're right. It's true. I mean, Pfizer likes it, I guess. Yeah. I, they're now, not th- now, there's a name for a silly company name. <laughs> they're not paying for a name change. <laughs> <laughs> so, I need to come up with a range. Uh, I'm going to say $16 billion to $24 billion. All right. $16 billion to $24 billion. This stock is a past Motley Fool Rule Breakers selection. Been a good company. Jim, 16 to 24, I believe is what Bill just said. Do you want to agree or disagree with that range? I'm going to disagree. I think it's just a little bit bigger than that. Well played, sir. Not a bad guess, but the market cap for Seattle Genetics, now CGEN, which by the way isn't moving much these days since it has this prospect of a buyout uh, coming. Uh, $37.04 billion. Now, I believe that Pfizer has bid $43 billion. So I think the stock, as they often do, is trading under the expected price pending uh, agreement, probably not just by the US these days, but by the European Union, et cetera. I'm not deeply following this one right now, but has either of you, Jim, I know there's a little bit of chemistry engineering past in you. Do you Bio- care about chemistry? Com- yes, but <laughs> I don't do well. In- in the biotech space, and so I just avoid it. Have you ever bought a biotech stock, or a, do you? A couple, yeah. Okay, and they didn't work well. They didn't go well. Not so far. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it is. Oh, I do have hope. Do yeah. Have hope. <laughs> yeah, that's important. Which is a fantastic reason to keep investing, right? <laughs> the company specializes in monoclonal antibody-based therapies for the treatment of we all vote for this cancer, and Seattle Genetics um, again. Founded in 1997, these all, not just within our lifetimes, gentlemen, but within the years that we founded The Motley Fool. And it makes me think 
how small we are. We'll see a $37 billion market for a company that came well after we did. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Well, I'll tell you what Jim's doing. He's scoring a point. Jim, plus one for you. We're at halftime. This is the moment where Rick plays the halftime music. All right, I feel like we're talking a lot about language this particular episode. We're, we're about to do that again. Jim, acronyms, they don't just dominate military labeling. Happens quite a bit in business. I'm sure you've noticed investing. CEO, ROI. IPO, CRM, EBITDA. I think Trying we think. should pronounce all of them. <laughs> Crow. Yeah, Roy. <laughs> Ippo. Yeah. Ippo. It does kind of create an in-crowd dynamic, doesn't it? Because I think a lot of people new to investing are like, I'm not quite sure what EBITDA is. Even people who are not new to investing, not quite sure what EBITDA is. IPO, I think, initial public offering, I think a lot. Maybe your first sign that you're becoming an investor is when you know what IPO stands for. That's probably one of those early CEOs kind of a given these days, Bill. The second sign is that you swear off IPOs. <laughs> but the the acronyz, acronymization, if that's a word, is a way to keep the uh, the priesthood in, in power. That has but, often been how things have worked over the course of history. And uh, I have to admit, the particular acronym I'm about to throw down, which is relevant to this company, I did not recognize this one. So I am in the out crowd. But now that I've looked it up, I guess I'm in the in crowd. And for everybody hearing me right now, you're about to be in the in crowd. Jim, try this acronym on for size. B-P-O. That do anything for you? Not I-P-O. B-P-O. It's pronounced B-P-O. <laughs> do you know, Bill? I think it's a business process optimizer, outsource. That's it. Yeah. That was really good. I didn't know. Jim didn't know. Bill knows everything. Business. <laughs> Viewers, I'm, I'm bowing down to Bill. <laughs> Business process outsourcing. Uh, this is what Task Us, ticker symbol T-A-S-K, one of those companies that has a cute, readable ticker symbol. This is what Task Us does. And you can certainly just go to taskus.com and read more about it. But BPO, business process outsourcing. I mean, I guess I can puzzle it out. I get it once I hear it, but it's not one of those acronyms I would have recognized otherwise. It's one of those SaaS companies. Yeah. See what I did there? Yeah. Acronym? (laughs) I did. Absolutely. Do you know what gas is? Uh, Golf as a service? Games as a service. service. That's kind of what Grand Theft Auto V has become. It was initially... A boxed copy you might have bought, I did, 10 years ago, probably for $59.99. But then it just becomes a subscription service, and they keep adding content to it over time. So, yes, uh, anything as a service, I won't give the acronym for that. But uh, (laughs) software as a service, games as a service, there's a lot of that these days. Business process outsourcing is what Task Us is doing. And more importantly for our game, Jim, I'm turning to you now and ask you, what is the market cap for a company about which I know very little, but I did learn its acronym, Task Us, ticker symbol T-A-S-K? Five to ten billion. Five billion to ten billion. Bill, players at home, agree or disagree? I disagree, David. And you disagree correctly. 
sir. Now, I'm turning to the Motley Fool's small cap expert. Bill, is this a company that you've looked at? No, I know uh, I know a fair amount of some of its competitors, though. Okay, yeah. And you knew the acronym, more importantly. More importantly. Uh, or maybe not as importantly, but anyway. Task Us's market cap, $1.10 billion. Uh, This is a near micro-cap oh, company. Almost went low. You know, those I thought mic- it went low enough. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty low, but we go lower. And companies that are really small that have pronounceable ticker symbols are interesting to me, and sometimes maybe things you want to stay away from. I'm not saying so. In this case, I really haven't looked at Task Us, but people who find, like, whatever the new trend is, they've got the ticker symbol that is that yes. trend. Um, I, I s- become suspect for me as an investor. I feel like we're being marketed to as investors whenever you have a cute ticker symbol like that. And, you know, on some levels, companies that are public should want their stocks to go up. But how about we just do that through good operations and not worry about the cute ticker so much? Fair. And I don't want to be unfair in this case to task us no. because – it's also their name. I was going to so, say. Yeah, that's a, that's I funny. was going to This is actually their name. So if I'm in investor relations right now, Taskus, I'm like, guys, that's <laughs> our name. Right. What, what are you saying, Bill Mann? Don't be so mean. <laughs> but what you are saying, Bill Mann, was disagree, which was the correct answer. And therefore, Bill, you've taken a four to two lead after six of our 10 stocks on this week's Market Cap Game Show. And now turning back to you, Bill, any you mentioned your love of... Walmart barbecue sauce, which I think was one of the hidden gems of this particular episode. Thank you for that. Any fast, casual food experiences that you've had, maybe newer ones over the last year or two that you've really appreciated? I do love Kava. And Kava is now a public company. Public as of this this last week. Just a few days ago. Yeah. Ticker symbol? You're not going to believe this, David. <laughs> Kava. Kava. Oh my God! They would have had to have worked to have gotten <laughs> to have done something else. I think, right? But I also love me some kava, and kava did start here in the Washington D.C. area. Right. It's a local kid-made good now, national at least, because I know they're in California among other U.S. states. And I was checking out, Bill, a four billion dollar or so market cap right now for kava. Yeah, I, a lot of people call it a a, a clone of Chipotle. And I think that there's something to that. I mean, obviously, Chipotle is much farther down down the road, but at a four billion dollar market cap, they are a highly profitable company, and they have they have come across one of those other concepts that does work very well, like a Chipotle does in terms of in terms of how they serve and how how they interact with uh, with customers. And that's the clone part of it, right? Because the, it's different food. It's Mediterranean food. It's, it's not not tacos in this case, but. Uh, both conscious capitalism companies I've seen and come across both in conscious capitalism contexts. But this company is not Kava. However, staying, this is somewhat ironic, guys, staying within the space of newer fast casual, this particular company, stock number seven, is also a Washington, D.C.-based startup. Bill, you think you know what it is. Is it sweet green? It is. Ticker symbol SG. I have to admit, I'm a pretty big sweet green fan myself. I don't think I knew sweet green was public, but what I for sure didn't realize is it was started by two students graduating from the McDonough School of Business at Georgetown University here in Washington, D.C. That's right. A couple of Hoyas thought they would uh, get a little roughage into their into their diets and started a, a good, fast, casual 
salad making business. And it's now based in Los Angeles, which probably kind of makes sense given the sorts of food that seems to be preferred these days, more plant-based by the West Coast, more so than the East Coast, perhaps, although I think it's good for people on every coast, and especially Los Angeles. But that's where Sweet Green, ticker symbol SG, has its corporate headquarters moved there, it turns out, in 2016, about 10 years after its founding. So let me then turn to you, Bill Mann, since you right away thought you knew what the company was and you did, in fact, know what it is, and ask you, what is the market cap range you'd like to accord Sweet green, ticker symbol SG. And do you have a favorite order, by the way? A lot of people may not know sweet green. They're not exactly aware, but it's kind of one of those things where you can throw a whole bunch of things into a bowl and a lot of them are healthier. Yeah. Yeah. I'm anti health, David, ultimately. <laughs> we, we love that about you, though. <laughs> no, I do. I, I can't remember, actually. Uh, they have like a southwestern salad situation. I can't remember the nice. that I thought was the, the, that I thought was pretty great. Yeah, it is a lot like Chipotle and Cava in that you can sort of order it how you want. Yeah, uh, I, there's even more choices. You know, Cava has a lot more choices than you get in Chipotle. Chipotle, it's kind of like beans, no beans. Do you want queso or not? There aren't a lot of choices. Cava, many more choices. Sweet green like that as well. Bill, what's your market cap range? That you have in mind for this one? Uh, I'm going to say 700 million to 2.5 billion. All right. So, I, certainly the lowest range, instead of having start with a B, this one starts with an M for the first time. Bill, that was 700 million to 2.5 billion. Jim, players at home? That's a huge range, Jim. Agree or disagree? I'll agree. And you're right to do so. Point. Bill seemed to know his stuff. Jim, though, gets the point. Keeps it interesting. Bill, four. Jim, three. The market cap for a sweet green is almost exactly the same market cap as Task Us has. Task Us was $1.10 billion. Sweet green, $1.16 billion. So those companies, you know, if you had to buy one of those stocks over the other, would you go with Task Us or sweet green, guys? This horse race is starting right at the same point. I would go with the sweet green. I think uh, software companies like Task Us uh, don't have as as nearly big a moat as you might hope, because software is easy to develop, and there's a lot of smart coders out there. And once and once somebody knows that something can be done, competition's coming. I would say sweet green also, although I would say that Task Us has a much higher probability of being bought. Don't say we don't make predictions on the Market Cap Game Show. Okay, thank you for those insights, guys. Uh, it is it is Bill 4. It is Jim 3. Let's move on now to stock number 8. Jim, do you own a car? Yes. Do you like your car? Yes. Do you love your car? Define love. <laughs> I'm not going to. What I've learned is Bill Mann knows everything. So, Bill, could you give us the definition of love, please? I'm glad to hear that you don't love your car. Let me put it that <laughs> that, does, that doesn't fall within your range of the word love. Cars? Uh, I'm not a car guy. Yeah. So, And, you know, I'm not either, but... Part of the beauty of owning a Tesla is that you don't really, it doesn't even really make sense to be a car guy because it's not a car. It's 
basically a skateboard, except instead of the board, that's the battery, and four wheels underneath it, and then just a box built on top of it, driven by software, and that's... Bill, you've owned... A te- do you have a Tesla today? Yeah. 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 As do I. Jim, you haven't gone Tesla. Have you gone electric? Uh, no. Uh, the condo I live in doesn't have uh, any outside charging ports, yeah. and it would require a really long extension cord. To oh, my, sure. No, I... That, I am. Yeah, that, that is a real impediment. But I'll say this. Uh, I love my Tesla, and I've loved Tesla the stock, and therefore I loved it when Tesla popped up as one of our Fool 500. I will mention... Occasionally, we like to let people look behind the curtain here at The Fool. This is number five out of The Fool 500 in terms of the confidence levels that Motley Fool analysts have across all stocks for beating the market from here. So that's just an interesting factoid on its own. But now turning back to Jim, who admittedly is not a car guy, and asking you, Jim, have you heard of Tesla? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about this, David. <laughs> well, you know, um, I first I was, picked the stock three weeks after Elon Musk came to Full HQ yeah, and gave a talk, and Bill interviewed him, and I so enjoyed that interview, Bill, that I was like, "That's my next stock pick." I'm your so br- glad. Your brother hosted a uh, SmackDown on Tesla with the, I think it was it was, it was going to 10x from from where it was at the time, and a, a, a debate on it, and we and. We looked into the company all yeah. and I was on the anti-side, and I have to say, we won the debate. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you were – was there a time frame specified there? I think it was 10 years and, okay. uh, or five years. I, I can't remember the time frame. Whatever uh, it was, it hasn't gone up as much as some people done, thought it might. It hasn't done what uh, – it hasn't performed as, as expected back then. Well, I am going to ask Jim very shortly, Bill – for his market cap range for Tesla, ticker symbol TSLA. But I'm talking to the guy who interviewed Elon Musk here at Full HQ and also a person who's owned a Tesla for a long time. Is this a stock that you own today or have ever? What are your thoughts about Tesla broadly, Bill? Uh, I have owned it in the past. I I don't own it now. And, um, you know, I've been profoundly wrong about the stock for a long period of time. So (laughs) let's let's not listen too closely to me about about this, but I've always thought that the, I've long thought that the um, the assumptions that are being placed upon the company from a stock basis have been extreme, and that's just not the type of area, you know, the type of uh, situation where I like to guess. And I totally can appreciate that. It has been just an absolutely fantastic investment, though most of the appreciation has just been over the last four years. Mm-hmm. The stock went sideways basically from 2014 to 2019. And all of a sudden, it shot from around $20 a share in the summer of 2019. This is all uh, adjusting for splits to today's $273 a share. I don't think that's helping Jim calculate his market cap range. I do know how many shares there are. All right. In that case, (laughs) I may have helped. Which I will prove I don't actually. (laughs) Okay. So it is certainly one of the most fascinating companies of our time, whether we're talking about the stock and what it's done and not done at different points, or the product or the founder. Can't miss this one, whether you've owned it in the past, do today or not. It's worth 
observing. It's worth thinking about. And I would say it's worth knowing the market cap casually at cocktail parties, which is what we set you up to do when we play this game every quarter. You're all set up to go, yeah, do you realize what the market cap of Sweet Green is? You're the only one at the cocktail party who knows that. You may not be, Jim, the only one at the cocktail party who knows Tesla, because a lot of people follow it. Jim, don't listen to me. (laughs) What is your stated market cap range for Tesla, ticker symbol TSLA? 502. I'm going to I'm going to pull a page from Bill's book of not round numbers. 502 to 623 billion. 502 billion to 623 billion players at home. Bill Mann, agree or disagree? It's an 815 billion dollar company. So I disagree. And uh, yeah, depending on where it fluctuated the last hour or so, you may have it exactly spot on. I'll say this. As Bill said, may have prepped. Listen. May As have said, thought. Don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, that gives Bill a five to three lead. It's not over yet, Jim, but you would have loved to have had that one. Yep. You didn't have a bad range, but Bill knew his Tesla. And <laughs> I had it at $811.08 billion when I checked just <laughs> minutes ago. So, yeah, $815 billion, pretty darn good guess. So I was off by several billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't usually work in this game, but with some stocks it does. One per- 1%, man. What, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Look, several billion dollars is a lot of money. I don't know about you, Mueller. Bill, were you talking uh, about Tesla on the morning show at all this week, or do you follow actively where follow its market active. cap? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was slightly unfair, but thank you. I will take an unfair <laughs> advantage. I've made money on the company. I've lost money on the company, and I just lost a point. So I really don't like to. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Well, it is Bill Five, Jim Three, which means you still have that opportunity for a tie, Jim, as we move to stock number nine. Bill, Warren Buffett gets imitated a lot, wouldn't you say? A, a little too. Well, he gets name-checked a lot, for sure. I'm not sure how many people have successfully followed him, what he, you know, what he's done. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of people who, I think rightly so, love him, Yeah, um, adore what he's done. Uh, if they've owned Berkshire Hathaway stock for long periods of time, they love him uh, as investors. A lot of people admire uh, his character. Absolutely. They also mimic, in some ways, the business that he's created. Can you think of any companies that you think of as mimicking Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway business? We talked about Constellation Software earlier. That's absolutely one. Um, Could you just, um, for those who don't know Constellation Software, this is a stock that you've mentioned a lot over the years. So, Bill Mann fans already know. But I think most people don't recognize the name Constellation Software. Give us the skinny 30 to 60 seconds on how Mark Leonard's software company looks a little bit like Berkshire. Well, it's a, it's a Canadian company, which actually doesn't help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's really the wrong but to start right. set set. I was just committed forth. to I was committed to starting with it being a Canadian <laughs> company, regardless of what you ask. Oh, Canada! Uh, so uh, they are very disciplined in how they go about 
buying other companies. He pays himself very little money, which nice. is very much in the Warren Buffett uh, mold. You know, pays himself uh, just a couple hundred thousand dollars a year because he knows full well that his stock ownership is what is going to be the greatest accruer of his own wealth, and that keeps him very aligned with shareholders. And they just have a very much a discipline about what it is that they want to buy, how it, how much they want to pay, and they really want to t- keep the existing management teams in place. They don't want to come in and mix things up. Nice. They, they want the companies that they're buying to do exactly what they're doing now, but then send the money to Toronto uh, to be reinvested. Does Leonard call out Buffett? Does he say, we're doing what he's doing? He has he has mentioned Buffett before. They tend to invest in much smaller companies as compared to the size of Constellation Software. So he's his own man, which uh, which, which I think sure. is great. But in in a lot of ways, uh, he has mentioned Buffett before as someone who he has learned from. Any other companies come to mind as so called baby Buffets? There's one in particular, and I suspect I'm being led to mention Boston Omaha. (laughs) Ticker symbol BOC, and I'm laughing a little bit at this because, Jim, we played along last quarter with this very stock. I think it may have even been the same slot in the show, and randomly, Boston Omaha Corp. has just showed up again on a market cap game show, but do continue, Bill. Uh, so Boston Omaha Group and the 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 Omaha is uh, is I believe it's based there. They're, um, but they are in they they buy up uh, small properties. They are also in an insurance business. They have outdoor advertising. Uh, they own stakes in a number of different small. Really interesting companies. A company that that provides hangars for private planes uh, in Phoenix and other places, and so they are looking for companies that have excellent returns on total capital. Okay, they very much name check Warren Buffett. Yeah, they very, they do very much name check Warren Buffett. Looking at their website right now, greetings from Boston, Omaha. Uh, at the top, you see that the company operates four businesses. Broadband telecom, outdoor advertising with billboards, bonds, surety, insurance, and Boston Omaha asset management. And so it does sound somewhat similar. And at different points over the years, the stock has been picked up. We might have recommended it here or there. I haven't followed it very carefully, but I'll say this. We're all about to hear what the market cap is according to Bill Mann's best estimate. The market cap for ticker symbol BOC, Boston Omaha Corporation. I'm going to say 700 million to 900 million. That is a very low, very tight range. Earlier, you were off by billions on your Tesla call. <laughs> I might be off by billions again, and it would be it would be way more interesting. <laughs> so, 700 million to 900 million, Jim. A little bit intimidating because it seems like Bill knows this company over the years. Bill. Bill might know what he's talking about, listeners at home. Jim, do you want to agree or disagree with 700 to 900 million? So this was one of the ones last time? It was. Check it. I have no idea what it was last time. That makes it even better. (laughs) Go back and listen. It was March. Now now I have to think is, so Bill's ahead five to three. Is he, with all his knowledge about the company, is he sitting a tight range? Yeah. Yeah. There is gamesmanship I, I, yeah, in the market cap this game is show. Bitsini. I can clearly not drink the wine. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. 
Wally Sean. <laughs> Great scene. <laughs> and Australians are not used to being trusted. <laughs> I love that movie, the first one. Um That's awfully tight. I'm going to disagree. Oh, he's right. $600 million. That is really... <laughs> I mean, Bill was gaming the game. And Jim figured it out. Plus one to you, Jim, and to everybody who said disagree. Bill did throw down another great market cap range. 700 to $900 million, But as of this morning, anyway, it was $624.1 million, And so that was indeed outside the range, making it a dramatic conclusion as we now move towards stock number 10. Jim Mueller, how much time do you spend buying stuff on your computer? How much stuff that you acquire on a monthly basis comes from e-commerce? Counting groceries and stuff, maybe 10%. Okay. So, you use Amazon, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Do you use any other common go-to shipper, deliverer, producer? All Amazon all the time? It's Amazon, yeah. Bill, what about you in e-commerce? Yeah, probably about 10%. I, and- I can see I'm clicking buttons and buying <laughs> stuff a lot more than you guys are. I, I, I thought I was normal. Now I'm thinking I'm the weird one. I don't know. Yeah, well, so... My I would say like seventy percent of the things that I buy. Well, there's, two, there's two things. One, we don't buy a lot of stuff, and two, good one. We have a small condo apartment, so there's not a lot of room to store stuff. I mean, you're famous for having what one closet, two closet full of of board games. I have a lot of board games in my house. <laughs> I don't know if I'm famous for it or whether I'd want to. You be. are now. Well, you know what? I'm happy to be famous for that. I do have hundreds and hundreds of board games. It's true, Jim, and. I bought almost all of them online, <laughs> not at my friendly local game store, but apparently I'm the only one who's doing this. See, as a family, I think we probably buy a lot more. Um, you know, my wife is a seamstress, and so fabrics and things mm-hmm. show up at her house all the time. Um, <laughs> oh, did that sound angry? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm so delighted. For so that. sticking with some generalizations, would you say that the Far East – would typically index higher in terms of its use of e-commerce than the United States? Unquestionably. And now more toward the stock that I'll be asking Jim about the market cap very shortly. What about very, very large e-commerce companies from the East with founders who are, it's unclear where they are right now. (laughs) I'm just going to give up now because Bill knows China inside out. But Sometimes when Bill knows it best, that's when you've scored the plus one, Jim. So chin up, although you will be specifying the market cap range for ticker symbol B-A-B-A. It is the Alibaba group. Now, I think this was picked at random. I think all of us around the table know that Bill knows this company best. In fact, I would say, Bill, we could combine, Jim, my knowledge and yours about Alibaba, and Bill would maybe 10x, 10x that. Um, Bill, Doesn't mean I know the the market cap, though. Do you know the whereabouts of Jack Ma? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was hanging out with him the other day. Okay, that's that's why I love having you in He's the back. studio. He's back in China. He's back. Yeah. Jack is back. Yes. No longer officially really involved with the company. And I think recently the new chief executive has said that he was stepping down. So, yeah. So has, has Ma been forgiven? 
or is he on like probation? Or do they even say that? You know, since I would like to go to, again to China, I'm not sure <laughs> I would answer that question. Well, I don't want to be at the embassy. They're like, well, what did you say? <laughs> Daniel Zhang is today the CEO of the company and the, the executive chairman, Jack Ma. Of course, the storied founder and by all accounts, I think a pretty pretty good guy has gotten, I, I would say, treated fairly poorly uh, in recent years. But I'm really not deeply steeped in this one. More importantly, Jim, I'm starting to think about the market cap of Alibaba. And I will toss you a bone here. This may or may not help. As of 2022... Alibaba had the ninth highest global brand valuation, not market cap, but the the estimate of the value of its brand, top 10 it's worldwide. Amazing. It's amazing. Mm. So let me now formally ask stock number 10, Jim, you are behind by one. There are listeners at home who, are, who have nine points who are beating maybe both you guys. There are also people still scratching for their first point. So Help them out here, Jim yeah, Mueller. Get any help from me. Give them a good, fairly accurate market cap range, tight enough that Bill won't get it. For ticker symbol B A B A, which is the ticker for Alibaba Group. Uh seven hundred fifty to eight twenty billion. Seven hundred fifty billion dollars to eight hundred twenty billion dollars. Bill Mann, players at home, inside or outside that range? It's below that range, but that was a really, really solid range to put out there. And I might be wrong, and this would be terribly embarrassing if I was. <laughs> so let me just say that was very gracious of you, first of all, Bill. Win or lose, to give Jim a compliment at the end. And, you know, a little bit of add a fool, add a fool yeah. to Jim, who who is presented with a a difficult, a very, very large company, but not nearly as large as Jim has <laughs> <laughs> This company's market cap, 238.57 oh, billion. <laughs> I think you were either not clear yourself, Bill, or far too gracious to Jim with your concluding no, I comment. Will, no, I will say this. Uh, <laughs> Alibaba was on track to be a trillion-dollar company, and so it is. it is perfectly reasonable – I mean, in a world in which $500 billion and up market cap companies are really th a thing, Alibaba is a reasonable company to guess that it is at that range. So I, I, I thought it was a good, for someone who doesn't know, I thought it was a good place to start. And I'm not meaning to make light of it. In fact, I think Jim did a stand-up job once again on this market cap. <laughs> Game show. I will note that Alibaba went from sixty dollars a share or so at the start of 2016 to touch over 300 in late 2020. So this is a stock that was basically a five bagger. Where is it now? If you played it right from 2016 to 2020, pretty much straight down since that moment. That peak in the fall of 2020, the stock has declined from about 320 down to its present state, just below 90. So this is a company that's now less than a quarter of a trillion that, yeah, Bill, as you said, was getting near being one of those trillion-dollar babies. Yeah. We should have been playing this game like... In <laughs> that's right. And that'd be right. <laughs> we actually were playing this game. Next week, we're playing... We're playing a new game called Retrospective Market <laughs> <laughs> Well, the final accounting is then this... Bill Mann, six. 
Jim Mueller for, but both Bill and Jim and I know that we're not playing this game for each other. We're playing it for you. How did you score, dear fool, dear listener at home? We hope that you outscored all of us. The purpose of the Market Cap Game Show is to make more popular. I'm never going to say, Bill, it's, it'll be as cool to the kids as social media. But, you know, Market Cap. <laughs> a close second. A close, close second. second. I mean, if that's the mountain that we're climbing. And it happens one quarter at a time. And you both distinguished yourselves again as celebrity guests. Bill Mann, congratulations. Jim Mueller, congratulations. And again, Bill, Jim, and I congratulate you for sticking with us stem to stern from FedEx to Alibaba Group to close and close out this episode of the Market Cap Game Show. Jim, great to be with you. Thanks, David. Bill, great to be with you, and congratulations. Thank you, David. I will wear my crown proudly. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> there, I scored more points than I did last time. So. It, you did. Is there a crown? <laughs> <laughs> we'll make one for you. It definitely is jester cap-shaped. Well, again, thank you to my guests, Bill and Jim. And a quick reminder, next week is the Rule Breaker Investing Mailbag, RBI at fool.com, our address. So if you have thoughts about AI, we really didn't speak to AI too much this episode, guys, but it was AI month for this podcast. And I would love to field some mailbag items around artificial intelligence next week. And then, of course, the week after, it is Financial Freedom Week. Well, it is Independence Day here, here in the United States of America. But on this show, I'm asking you, what did you do in the past year to create more financial freedom for yourself or for others? And how do you measure that? That's the question we'll be discussing during Freedom Week in two weeks. In the meantime, full on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.